The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by George Rodriguez on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador. George Rodriguez. Howdy, 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 my friends. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio. The answer here in beautiful South Texas in San Antonio. How is everybody? Got a great program as usual for you today, my friends. Uh, first of all, we've got, uh, let me tell you about the guests, and then we'll jump into some uh, some news items regarding immigration. Uh, first of all, we've got uh, we, we're, we've got two guests today, two very very good guests. Um, we've got uh, Sheriff Mark Lamb from Pinal County, Arizona. Sheriff Lamb recently made a lot of news because, uh, first of all, he uh, challenged the uh, the uh, governor of Arizona uh, and a uh, edict that uh, people being arrested for not wearing masks, for not being socially distanced, et cetera, et cetera. And he challenged that. He said uh, he was going to uh, provide uh, guidance, but he, he was not going to arrest anybody. And, uh, you know, I mean, he, you know, what he was doing was, in essence, uh, protecting the uh, constitutional rights of people. Unfortunately, uh, believe it or not, he uh, himself came down with COVID. He contacted COVID about uh, a little over a little less than a month ago, maybe three weeks ago, he was diagnosed uh, as uh, as uh, COVID positive. And um, since then, he's continued to work. Uh, he hasn't been uh, that sick. He's going to provide us an update of his health. But he's also going to tell us how he continues to, uh, you know, tell people to be careful in during this pandemic while at the same time maintaining their civil rights, maintaining their constitutional rights, my friends. Uh, I was just reading uh, a little while ago about the situation in uh, uh, in uh, California where people are, are literally in some communities being arrested for not, re- for not wearing a mask, uh, where people are uh, being attacked, accosted for not wearing a mask. On the other hand, uh, there's people also... Uh, who are uh, uh, going into uh, Walmarts, going into private businesses, and refusing to wear a mask uh, when uh, you know they're on private property, they're on uh, a, a business property. Who is um, asking them to wear a mask, and they and they refuse. This issue, my friends, of uh, the COVID has really, really divided our country. The other thing that it's doing is, and this is the tragedy. I mean, this is the biggest, biggest problem that we've got is uh, the schools are not opening. The teachers are demanding complete and total safety uh, in the classroom. I'm not sure that that's possible, my friends. I mean, e- even when the before the pandemic hit, uh, people were getting sick uh, in classrooms because of the common cold, because of whatever, because of the flu. Uh, you know, when is it ever going to be safe for people to go back into the uh, classroom and and be completely safe of any disease, I mean any communicable disease. Let's face it; it's you know that's not a reality. You've got to be careful, and that's the end of it. And uh, you've got to take certain risks when it comes to freedom and liberty. Uh, the other issue, my friends, is the whole issue, and this is uh, again uh, reading an article in New Jersey where. Um, People are not being allowed to open their businesses. People are really, really uh, hurting, and uh, the economy is hurting, uh, and, and people's businesses are being uh, restricted, if not completely shut down. Uh, there was the classic uh, example, there was a recent example, a very notable example, uh, that was on Fox News regarding uh, a uh, gymnasium, a, a uh, health club. The owners of the health club uh, took all sorts of precautions. Uh, were allowed to open only to be shut down again recently, only to be shut down. And uh, not only were they shut down, the owners, the proprietors of the of the business, uh, my understanding were they, they were arrested and fined. 
it, it, it's it, it just really I mean, when is it ever going to be safe enough for for Democrats, for liberals, for leftists, for the economy and the schools to go back to 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 work? I mean, for the school, for the economy. Uh, you know, we've had the best economy in the history of the nation, probably in the history of the world before this pandemic hit. We were humming along, taking on the world, leading the world, and then this hit. And I cannot but feel that much of the hysteria, much of the anger, much of the uh, fear uh, that is being spread, particularly by the by the news media, is directly related to, to uh, politics. I just can't help it. I'm sorry. Um, you know, I know that people are getting sick. I know people have died uh, from this. But uh, it, it is a, an illness that needs to be dealt with rationally, not in a hysterical manner where, you know, like it has been. Uh, another example is how the news media continues to hear. Here in San Antonio, I don't know about... Uh, you know, other markets of uh, where you folks are listening to me on. But uh, here in San Antonio, uh, nightly, nightly, the lead to the three, four lead stories are always about COVID and how, uh, you know, the number of deaths, the number of illnesses, people that have suffered from it, people, nothing but fear and doubt, nothing but fear and doubt. My friends, this issue, my friends, this issue has got We've got to we've got to get a grip of ourselves. We really have to get a grip of ourselves. And, uh, you know, the situation is one where uh, we've got to understand that there are limitations. There are limitations to public safety, to health and safety. I mean, uh, it is not 100 percent sure that you will return home every time you walk out the door. I'm sorry, but that is the reality of life. You take a certain risk. And you work with it by being as careful and as, and as uh, prudent as possible. Driving down the freeway, is you, you've got to be careful. There's no surety that some drunk is not going to come the other way and hit you. So, uh, my friends, we've got to be rational. We've got to, to be uh, responsible for ourselves. But we have to be rational in our approach to this issue. And I'm not sure that the, that a lot of people are being very very rational. Um, let me uh, let me do some quick news right now uh, regarding immigration, and then we're going to go to our uh, first guest, uh, Sheriff Mark Lamb. Uh, but uh, first of all, let me see uh, one of the things that that occurred uh, this um, past week uh, was uh, Border Patrol agents in Douglas, Arizona, arrested 34 illegal aliens at two different. Um, uh, border checks uh, that were being uh, smuggled in. Uh, one of them uh, were one, one group was being smuggled in on a to- on a stolen Toyota Tundra that had uh, fraudulent uh, license plates. It continues, my friends. It continues. Uh, also in New Jersey, get this, my friends. Now that you know, we I, I talk to a lot. I talk to you folks a lot about the issue of. Um, of rewarding, of excusing and rewarding illegal immigration because all of that, all that does is just encourage more. Well, here's a good example of how progressives uh, are rewarding illegal immigration. In New Jersey, the uh, State Assembly of New Jersey has passed a bill and the mayor and the governor is going to sign it, has passed a bill that's going to allow uh, illegal aliens to, to get professional licenses, Okay. That means that they will be able to compete, okay? They will be com- competing with citizens uh, for various, uh, in various uh, jobs, uh, employment uh, uh, capacities. Uh, these uh, uh, professional licenses are going to be everything from, from uh, uh, running a, a uh, nail salon to uh, uh, running, a, 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 well, running, you know, various types of businesses. Uh, that uh, that they'll be able to 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 do, my friends. Illegal aliens are being rewarded. These economic opportunities should be going only to to uh, to citizens, particularly in this depressed economy that we've got. But the Democrat-dominated dom- state-dominated uh, uh, state legislature in um, 
And New Jersey is allowing illegal aliens the ability to obtain these professional and occupational licenses in uh, various uh, industries like cosmetology and even accounting, my friends, even accounting. This is, uh, you know, this is outrageous. The, uh, our friends over at FAIR, the Federation for American Immigration Reform, uh, they opposed the bill uh, because it would take uh, job opportunities away from legal residents. But that doesn't seem to that doesn't seem to matter at all to uh, to Democrats. I mean, my, my, you know, uh, it, it's amazing how they care more about non-citizens than they, than they do about citizens in Massachusetts. Uh, a little bit of good of good news. Uh, on that front, in Massachusetts, the judge, I don't know if you remember, but um, uh, back in 20, 2018, um, the, uh, there was a judge in Massachusetts that uh, allowed an illegal alien to slip out of the courthouse out the back door. Uh, then, of course, she claimed that, uh, you know, she didn't do it. Well, this, uh, this uh, district judge, judge, district court judge, Shelley Joseph, uh, she has just recently lost her bid to have the uh, the indictment dismissed that charges her with obstructing ICE, uh, the enforcement of immigration uh, of immigration law. Even though the, she had clearly interfered with the with the um, with uh, ICE uh, by letting the uh, the illegal alien uh, escape out a back door, her lawyers get this. Her lawyers argued that uh, she was uh, she was protected from prosecution by the state uh, judicial immunity uh, clause, and that, which means that because it is an independent uh, state who had declared itself a sanctuary, then she was not uh, prosecuted. She, she, the, the, the federal government could not prosecute her uh, in any form or fashion. Outrageous, my friends. It is absolutely outrageous that a, a, a member of the judiciary a, uh, the judicial system, that a member of the judicial system would uh, have the nerve to help an illegal alien escape. Now, this illegal alien was not only in the United States illegally. Apparently, he had broken some law because he was also uh, in court to face that. So, uh, you know, this this judge, uh, it, it, because she opposes the Trump administration on immigration enforcement was letting him go. Amazing, amazing, outrageous is what it is. All right, my friends, we're going to go ahead and uh, take our break, and then we'll be right back with our first guest, Sheriff Mark Lamb from uh, Pinal County, Arizona. Thank you for being with us. We'll be right back. Hello, El Conservador listeners. If you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez, El Conservador, and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you are interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. Howdy, 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 my friends. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And uh, we've got uh, my good friend, uh, Sheriff Mark Lamb from uh, Pinal County, Arizona. He's, uh, I reached out to him because he's been, uh, he's been dealing with the issue of uh, protecting the Constitution during this COVID situation. As well as uh, he made some big news not too long ago because... Um, he uh, tested positive for the uh, for the COVID virus, and so I wanted to get him on because uh, I mean, if anybody is on the front lines of this issue, uh, who's in law enforcement and trying to uh, protect the consti- protect our rights in the Constitution, it's going to be Sheriff Mark Lamb. So, Sheriff, welcome to the show. Uh, thank, thank you for you. taking time to be with us. Please tell me, how do you feel? How's your health right now? Uh, thanks for asking, George. I mean, I feel great. I did get COVID. I, I don't know if 
everybody knows, I feel like everybody knows how, I had gotten called to the White House for the executive, he was going to sign an executive order for law enforcement, and uh, gotten called out there with a few other sheriffs, and as is their protocol, they tested me for COVID. Um, that test, within about 10 minutes, came back as a positive, so I went back down to the infirmary, they tested me again, and uh, I tested positive again on a more aggressive test, and so I had to drive home from D.C. and then be in a 14-day quarantine. Um, at the time when I tested, I was asymptomatic, but since then, uh, I got a – well, after that, I got a little bit under the weather. I felt a little run down, a little bit of a cough, but nothing major. I mean, honestly, I probably wouldn't even have known I was sick had I not tested. But I'm good. I got out of the 14-day quarantine. I feel great now. So thank you for asking. That's amazing. Uh, you know, th- there there is there are so many folks who uh you know, who worry about getting tested and what is going to happen afterwards, you know, are they going to have to wear a big scarlet A or something of the nature? And uh so there's a lot of folks that I've talked to that that are worried about that. I mean, how has the reaction been? I I know, I know. I will tell the people uh that uh, I know from reading some of the responses on your uh, webpage, there were some very very nasty comments made about uh about uh you and uh, the the uh, the health problem, but uh, overall, I mean, how um, how have people reacted to it? Initially, when the uh, article came out, we actually had to put something out because within 12 hours, and I had only told government officials, so this is another another problem with government. Um, but it did get leaked out and got out to the community, well, some different people, and so we actually got ahead of it and just told people that uh, I'd gotten it. And initially, when it was on the local uh, media, it, we had a good reaction, you know, people within the county. As it started to go national, you get some really hateful people out there. Uh, as you said, a lot of people sending messages hoping I'd die and this and that, and that my family would be tortured and suffered. I, honestly, I couldn't believe some of the messages. Um, but, you know, my wife at one point, I had to tell her, because she helps me read some of the messages. I said, hey, don't read those anymore. This isn't your mantle to bear. I don't want you to get down because of it. Um, but honestly, you know, those actually helped me too because they strengthened my resolve and in my love of freedom and for my want to protect the Constitution and, and help people through these challenging times. We are in, uh, you know, clearly COVID is something that um, is affecting our society, but I believe that the media and the government have also taken advantage of this and made it, uh, people fear it more than, probably needs to be feared. Um, so, you know, but we're in such a crazy time right now with all the misinformation and, and overload of information. Um, it's been a difficult thing to deal with, but as a, on a personal level, we made it through and my resolve to fight for freedom is even stronger now than ever. Well, that, you know, that, that brings us to the other question. Uh, now that, uh, you know, you, you are experiencing this, uh, how do you how do you as a sheriff protect the uh, 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 you know the the rights and freedoms of individuals when everybody is screaming that we've got to do this we've got to do that in the name of health now I remember the first time that we chatted uh, you had uh, been very very strongly uh, opposed to the uh, the governor uh, putting out edicts, you know, that uh, you felt were, were went against uh, the personal freedom of individuals. How do you con- uh, how do you feel about it now? I mean, what uh, what do you see now? Well, you know, when I was doing uh, when I had COVID and was in quarantine doing interviews, I got asked that question awfully or often. What are you going to change? And I said, honestly, I'm going to continue to fight for the same things I fought for. Um, I might change, you know, just be a little bit more cognizant of my social distancing. Uh, I do. I don't typically wear a mask. Um, some people hate that. Some people appreciate that. I mean, I don't discourage people from wearing masks. I continue to encourage people to take whatever precautions they feel is necessary to protect themselves and their family. But I think there's so much misinformation out there. Um, I do not agree with mandating masks. I think that the the government should never enter into that realm of mandating people to do things on a personal level like that. And wearing a mask and not wearing a mask, that shouldn't be mandated by the government. That should be a personal choice, and we should all do it because we think it's what's best for ourselves or for our community. 
Um, I do a better job of social distancing now than I did before, but I still stand by the fact that I don't, we need to get this, this country back open. The longer we push it off, the longer this is going to drag out. We have to just understand what the risks are and move forward and do the best we can to reduce those risks. But businesses need to be open and citing them and, and, and arresting people for not wearing a mask or opening their business too soon. That is not conducive to good community relations. And we have a lot of other work we need to be doing other than doing that. And I, people misinterpreted when I said I wouldn't enforce it. I didn't say I wasn't going to enforce it. I enforced it. I, wa- I went out there. One of the things that I was allowed to do was give warnings. I just didn't, wasn't going to enforce it with citations, fines, or arrests. To me, that was you're, you're making criminals out of innocent people, and most times people who just want to support them and, and uh, put a roof over their head, put food on their table. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, it, the the uh, the forced uh, uh, mask issue sometimes reminds me of people who are afraid of guns or have been victimized by guns, and so therefore they want every gun to uh, to be removed from 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 public. And, well, I actually uh, used that as an example. I said, "Listen, you may agree with the masks, but let me pose this in a different way because if some eventually they're going to come for one of you, something you do care about." or something that you do not want violated. And I said, let me get, I love guns, but there's a lot of people that don't. Let's say with all this defund the police talk now, the government says, well, you have to protect yourself, so every citizen should carry a gun. Do you think that's right? Because I don't. You know why? Because it's not the government's place to mandate you to carry a gun, just like it's not the government's place to, to mandate that you wear a mask. We in America live in a free society, and we need to understand that. And with freedom comes responsibility. And you cannot uh, – Benjamin Franklin said it best. Those who would sacrifice essential liberties for temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. And so I am one of those watchdogs for the Constitution to make sure that the government is not using a public health crisis to overstep the bounds of the Constitution. Because once you go, you usually don't get it back. Yeah, that's so true. That is so true. Let me switch uh, 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 topics here real quick before we uh, we close out. Uh, we, ha- I mean, the COVID issue as well as uh, the Black Lives Matter issue has been so prevalent on, on the news that uh, we've forgotten that we've still got a very porous <laughs> uh, border. Uh, I understand that there was someone that uh, fell off of a fence uh, in Yuma the other day and was killed. So apparently people are climbing the fence to get in. Uh, what is, what's it like uh, in, in your area regarding the illegal immigration? You know, it's been a lot better. Since President Trump came in, his push for border security uh, has really helped reduce some of those numbers. And, and it's hurt the cartel in many ways. I mean, but they, they still find a way. Don't get me wrong. But having said that, we still do have issues. And as we go into this voting cycle, please don't let the media's push of BLM and COVID overshadow some, some very key things. And I'm going to talk about two things in particular. Border security. We're in the double digits almost every day right now that we take our helicopter out and assist Border Patrol. Double digits of apprehensions. Uh, we had the other day we recovered 81 pounds of meth and 4.4 pounds of fentanyl. And that, you know, but we're recovering more drugs than that. That just happened to be a very big one. Plus, we're having to use our resources to go out and save these people that the cartels are leaving behind for dead. And this is what I said. This is not a political issue. So whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, this boils down to human rights. If you truly care about humanity, then you should care about border security because we need to stop the drug trafficking and the human trafficking coming into this country. The human trafficking, those people are, the women are being raped, the children are being used as pawns, uh, the men are being extorted, they're being left for dead out in the desert. Uh, the cartel has no value for human life, and uh, that is, so that is something that both parties should be able to stand together on and want to increase border security. The other facet of that is the trafficking, the sex trafficking, and in particular the child trafficking that's going on in this country. That is something else that, that's something else that uh, the media just refuses to pick up on. They don't want to touch on it, and maybe it's because it involves a lot of 
high-ranking or, or very uh, famous people. I don't know. But these are things that plague our society. On my way up to do this interview, I just ran into one of my child sex crimes guys. He just arrested a guy. He's been online chatting with kids, talking to them about sex and sexting with them, exchanging pictures, um, downloading child porn. They're all over the place. We should be focusing more on that. And I mentioned this in one of my videos, and I'll leave it with this. 800,000 kids went missing last year. 800,000. For At the time we shut the government down, we had less than probably 10 or 20,000 deaths in this entire country with COVID, and we shut the country down. We had 800,000 children. The innocent of the innocent go missing last year. Where is the American outrage for that? And so we've got to, as we go into this voting season, please remember there are more things than what they want you to see. Look past what they want you to see because there's probably something more important going on past it. Amazing. Sheriff, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us. Uh, I appreciate it a a lot, and uh, please be safe and stay healthy, my man. Thank you, George. Thanks for having me on, and uh, just let me know the next time. You got it. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio. Howdy, howdy, once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. And we've got my very good friend and fellow Laredoan, I think that's the word, right? Fellow Laredoan, right. <laughs> uh, former congressman, uh, Enrique, uh, Francisco Kiko Canseco. And uh, Kiko is now working with the Texas Public Policy Foundation, so I'm going to give him a big shout out for that. But I wanted to get him on here because uh, he's been working on a project regarding uh, voter, the, the uh, voting issues. Bo- uh, voting by mail is the big one uh, that we're, we're going to be talking about. Kiko, I, I really, really, uh, as I was mentioning just before the uh, show started, before we got on the air, um, the uh, uh, mail service uh, brought me the wrong letters yesterday. <laughs> so... It makes me worry, you know, uh, how this would work out as far as voting by mail. What are your thoughts? What have you found? What have re- what are you seeing regarding this whole issue? Because it has become very, very hot. Well, it has become very hot, uh, George. And, and first of all, thank you very much for having me on your program. It's always a pleasure to visit with you and your audience on very crucial issues to uh, to our election, and um, first of all, let me let me start out by saying that at the Texas Public Policy Foundation, I'm the director of the Election Protection Project, and our main goal is to uh, educate the voter as to their rights as an eligible person to vote, and also about uh, the laws, and also to be knowledgeable about who they're going to vote for. Uh, with that said, what we've done is that we've uh, looked at all of the problems with regards to voting and came up with the idea that the vote by mail is the most egregiously uh, vulnerable to voter fraud and has been for a number of decades uh, very vulnerable and used or misused by vote harvesters and uh, vote cheaters uh, to, to vote. Yeah, you mentioned the mail, and and I know that that um, right now in the news, especially with the president um, uh, speaking a lot about mail-in ballots and and how the mail has has really messed it up. And we all know the mail system is very very defective. We do have very strong documented proof that mail-in ballots uh, and the mail system has really failed our voting. Uh, things. And during this COVID crisis, we've seen a lot of the um, the mail disasters that have happened. So in New Jersey, in Patterson, New Jersey, uh, to Nevada, uh, and also from Maryland to the District of Columbia, efforts to adapt our traditional election system to mail voting have collapsed into a farce. 
And let's begin with the U.S. postal system, because vote by mail, uh, those, those proponents of it want to put the fate of the nation into the hands of the postal service. And as you've experienced with getting your neighbor's mail or other people's mail, as we've all have, um, that organization that regularly delivers the mail to your house is going to fail one way or the other. Uh, so an inspection general report by the United States Postal Service establishes the lofty goal of only 96% for election mail delivery success. And sadly, in 2018, the post office couldn't even meet that sorry goal, delivering only 95.6% of the election mail uh, successfully. So vote-by-mail advocates want an election system that aspires to only 4% error. How ambitious that is, because in 2016, the presidential race, 4% was more than the margin of victory in 10 states representing 124 electoral votes. And that's good enough for the post office. Isn't it good enough for the country? Uh, Well, it's not, because you can imagine what's going to happen. And you've seen that right now with, um, you know, what's what's um, what's happened in West Virginia. Uh, Thomas Cooper, uh, postman from Dry Fork, West Virginia, uh, postman Cooper entered a guilty plea in federal court for altering mail ballots in his custody this summer. And credit goes to also to. West Virginia Secretary of State Mac Warner for creating an environment in the mountain state where election crime isn't acceptable. Uh, Mail also um, voting failed in Wisconsin primaries. An inspector general report of the United States Postal Service noted three tubs of absentee ballots from Appleton and Oshkosh were found at the Milwaukee Processing and Distribution Center after polls closed on April 7th of 2020. And absentee ballots requested on March 22nd and toward the 23rd of 2020 were not delivered to voters. 390 ballots that were mailed by voters did not receive postmarks. And the election office was unable to determine whether they were received by the postal service in time to be included in the official account. And, and the list goes on in Las Vegas, Nevada, um, in, in a variety of other states, in Columbus, uh, the District of Columbia, in Maryland. Uh, and I'm not going to belabor the point, but that is one, if not the most egregious reason why we cannot count on mail-in ballots, especially how the left wants to do it. And, and if I may continue talking here, George, I'm sorry. Please. No, no, no. Uh, Fantastic. But, you know, we we have this COVID-19 panic right now. uh, And there have been, ever since March, when this panic broke out, some very well-funded, smart leftists who saw an opportunity. And the opportunity is called vote by mail. And it was hatched (laughs) so that uh, the electoral reforms, such as automatic voter registration, and same-day voter registration or ranked uh, choices of, were the ranked choices of voting. And it was incumbent with left-wing philanthropic dollars uh, to um, as a cure-all for voting woes, Recogni- not recognizing that what really there are alternatives to a voting, as we find when we go to the grocery store, that we go to three and four times a week covered with our faces and a mask uh, and separating ourselves by six feet and making sure that at checkout uh, we have no contact with the uh, checkout clerk. Really? That's very, very important. But what we have found at the Texas Public Policy Foundation is that even before COVID, the mail-in ballot system, as it exists in Texas and in other states, is a basket of fraud <laughs> because because you've got people that are registered to vote that have no business voting, people that are not citizens, people that uh, are six feet under, 
people that don't exist, and the list goes on and on and on. And what happens is that these voter registrars that go around and say, uh, vote here, please, but you're not supposed to ask about citizenship, just check it off. Anyway, I'm delivering my quota of 500 uh, people that I registered to vote. Um, and what happens is that that these registrars, what they do, they're called harvesters. Right. And they record all the names and addresses so that when the ballots come, uh, are ready to be applied for mail-in ballots, they go out there and send the application, pick up the ballots, and vote them. And it can turn an election. Uh, the other fault, of course, is, and the traditional one is, you go to the old folks' homes and you go to these uh, elderly folks that some of them, you know, they uh, have dementia or they don't know what's up or what's down. And you've got somebody that's operating in there and gathering up all those votes. There is a serious problem. And now when you've got uh, not governors in some states, but when you've got like, for instance, here in Texas, uh, election officials, people that are in the elections office, uh, county commissioners, county judges, uh, city uh, council people and and the city mayor saying, oh, everybody needs to mail in ballot. Yeah, why? Because what it's going to do is it's going to guarantee that the left wins in this election. And we all know what's at stake in November. What's at stake in November is, yeah, fine, you know, we don't like the way Trump talks. But we do enjoy the American freedoms and liberties under our Constitution uh, that have uh, completely turned this country in the last four years from the dire effects of the Obama administration. We have an economy that is ready to pounce back up. We have freedoms and liberties that are being protected. We have businesses that are now free of a lot of very, very burdensome uh, and economically uh, stifling uh, rules and regulations. And what's going to happen is if you give it over to the left, you can kiss goodbye a lot of your freedoms and liberties because they have so, so set. And, and that, therein lies the true reason why uh, people on the left are pushing so hard for an all-mail-in ballot, ballot. And the naive public thinks, well, you know, that makes sense. It's a lot easier, and that way I don't have to go out or do anything. Right. Under, tech, under Texas law, George, uh, you can only vote by mail if you are 65 or old. If you claim disability, it has to be a real disability that prevents you from getting to the polls, like if you're bedridden. And it is against the law to check the disability if you are not disabled, but you think that you're afraid of the uh, uh, coronavirus. In reality, what happens is that if you flood the uh, system with a lot of mail-in ballots, you're not going to know who the winner is on uh, Election Day in November. It's going to be a long while. And on top of that, you're going to have so many challenges that by January, you won't know who the president is. You don't know who your senator or your congressman are. You don't know who your elected officials are. Confusion because will reign. <laughs> correct. Correct. Confusion will reign. Kiko, we've right. got to uh, to close out here. Tell the folks where they can read more from you and uh, where they can follow uh, your uh, your your writings and your your comments. Well, for one thing, we have a, a, a Facebook page uh, under Texas uh, Election Protection Project of the Texas Public Policy Foundation, and the other one, of course, is with the uh, Texas Public Policy Foundation. Uh, web page and because I don't know how to dial my own number I don't know how to get in so um, let's see if I can get that up nope I didn't get it clicked so it's with the Texas Public Policy Foundation uh, and it's texaspolicy.com you got it and buddy. they can find me there okay thank you very much for taking time out uh, to be with us we've been chatting with uh, my good friend uh, former congressman uh, Francisco Kiko Canseco, and uh, keep up the good work. Uh, you've uh, provided us some very, very 
interesting, if not frightening, <laughs> information on, on voting by mail. Well, thank you, George, and I'm sorry I didn't leave any room for any of your questions. Oh, no, don't worry about it. You answered all the questions in your, in your comments anyway. <laughs> Take care. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Hello, El Conservador listeners. If you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez, El Conservador, and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you are interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Uh, we, uh, we're going to conclude our show today uh, by uh, providing a little bit more information, a, a couple of more uh, uh, issues that, we, that I wanted to chat with you first. Let me f- uh, finish up on some, on some immigration news because we've still got some so many things that are happening and uh, they are unfortunately being overshadowed by the, by the news media because they're concentrating so much on the, on the um, pandemic. They just uh, keep running, uh, you know, all these uh, fear and doubt stories and they, uh, they ignore what is happening um, at the border Uh, here in our, in, 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 uh, in South Texas, uh, as well as in uh, other parts like in Yuma and in Arizona, uh, the uh, there has been a spike in uh, uh, in the covid cases that have been directly uh, related to the uh, number of uh, of uh, illegal aliens that are crossing uh, who are infected. The other thing is that uh, in many cases, in most cases, the uh, the uh, clinics, uh, the health facilities are overrun by uh, illegal aliens who are coming across to get uh, to get a t- uh, uh, medical attention in uh, in the United States, and uh, so that's uh, that's causing a big strain on uh, on, on the uh, health resources uh, along the border. Again, these things are not talked about. Are not presented by the uh, by the mainstream media. They're too busy. They're too busy. You know, talking about how. Uh, the president is is mishandling this or mishandling that or how uh, terrible this is and how terrible that is and, you know, how we need to keep uh, the schools shut down, how we need to shut down the economy. Uh, They they completely ignore the impact of illegal immigration on the COVID uh, on the COVID situation. Um, Beyond that, uh, other news, let me tell you, uh, a uh, a tragedy. Uh, illegal aliens are dying from 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 uh, trying to cross the border, uh, trying to uh, scale the border wall. Uh, it's incredible, my friends. Uh, sadly, uh, while the Democrats are screaming about the dangers uh, of uh, of COVID, they're also now saying that the border wall within itself is uh, is dangerous. Dangerous. Uh, uh, last uh, week. Uh, a 33-year-old Mexican man died from falling off of uh, off off the wall in Arizona. He was found injured in an open field in uh, in Yuma by the border patrol agents, uh, and then um, later uh, transported to uh, a medical facility where he died. Uh, there have been several instances of uh, of illegal aliens that have been hurt or killed. Uh, from falls off of the border wall. For example, in August uh, last in, in August 2018, uh, a man in California broke both both of his legs in a fall. In January 2019, a Guatemalan child was injured in Arizona. In uh, June of 2019, a man died when he fell off the wall in New Mexico. Uh, in March 2020 of this year, a pregnant woman uh, fell off the wall. 
uh, and injured herself in Clinton, Texas. And uh, this past uh, week, uh, this situation with this man that uh, died in, in, in Yuma, plus uh, in the San Diego sector earlier uh, uh, last week, sh- uh, should I say, last week, Border Patrol agents in San Diego found a 21-year-old woman who had been who had uh, been injured falling off the wall. They, I, I mean, rather than screaming about the wall uh, being the problem, my friends, what they need to do, they being the Democrats, they being the Muse media, they need to tell people uh, in Mexico to quit scaling the wall. The problem is that we are encouraging people to come into the United States illegally and they are scaling the wall and hurting themselves. I mean, you know, that is the same as putting a beautiful piece of cake at the end of a deep swimming pool and then asking a kid to jump in that doesn't know how to swim to jump in and swim towards the cake. You know, and then you blame the swimming pool. You blame the swimming pool. You know, it's the whole idea like when they blame the guns for gun violence. Uh, It's very, very tragic, my friends. Uh, The wall, unfortunately, is doing its duty of of, of deterring people from crossing. What we now need is for people on our side, namely the Democrats, the liberals, the news media, we need to tell people, they need to tell people, don't take the chance, come in legally. Uh, In other news... Uh, the uh, and this is this is you know this is amazing to me, my friends. This is uh, outrageous and absolutely amazing to me. Um, I was Iowa Republican Senator Joni Ernst. Uh, she has put together a a law, uh, a proposed bill uh, called Sarah's Law. Now Sarah's Law is named after the twenty-one-year-old uh, uh, girl uh, or woman uh, in uh, in Iowa or Nebraska, rather, in, in Nebraska, who was killed by an illegal alien back in 2016. Uh, not only did uh, the illegal alien kill her, but after he killed her, this guy, Edwin Mejia, uh, went off and uh, was drag racing with, when his blood alcohol was uh, three times the legal limit. Well, uh, when he was caught, finally, uh, ICE, deta- uh, ICE failed to detain Mejia, uh, and allowed him to escape, and now nobody knows where he is. And the reason that he escaped was because um, they were not able to uh, place. Uh, they were the guy posted bond and was immediately uh, released. The uh, it, it, it is it, it is a big big loophole, my friends, that we've got in uh, in immigration law. So what does Sarah's law do? It Sarah's law does not allow ICE to. Um, uh, not only allows ICE, should I say, Sarah's law would allow ICE to take the criminal uh, illegal alien into custody, but it also mandates that um, they inform the uh, victims, uh, the family of the victims, uh, as to what's going on, what is the what is the process, what's the procedure, because what o- often happens is that these people, these criminal illegal aliens, disappear, disappear not only into society, they escape. But uh, the judicial system also doesn't doesn't tell the victim what is going on, what is, uh, you know, where where they are in the process and and, and in the procedure. Now, get this. This is what really irks me. Okay, this is what really bothers me is that the Democrats are opposing the bill. They are opposing it because get this, because it it, uh, it 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 portrays immigrants. There we go again. Not illegal aliens. It portrays immigrants in a bad light. And uh, they don't want uh, the detention of immigrants uh, on charges of certain crimes uh, to become the norm. You know, my friends, it's amazing to me how these Democrats refuse, how they refuse to protect Americans uh, and how they continue to, uh, to uh, look out for the well-being of illegal aliens. It just is amazing to me. So uh, Sarah's law, in my opinion, is something that would really, really work in helping to detain and deport illegal alien criminals. But the Democrats oppose it. Okay, just remember in November. Another issue, another issue regarding to uh, regarding illegal immigration. And this one is a big one, my man. This one's a big one. One of the biggest problems, if not the biggest problems that we have in the United States 
is the issue of unlawful hiring of illegal aliens. Work in the United States has been the number one reason that illegal aliens come to the United States. They come to work, okay? They sneak in to come to work. And they provide cheap labor for businesses, okay? They come across the border, they provide illegally, and then they provide cheap labor by working under the radar, by working uh, illegally for employers. If you want to know what the problem is uh, with the poverty in the border counties here in Texas, all you have to do is just analyze how many illegal aliens cross the border and are working in the United States and working in those communities. They depress the wages. They are here working illegally, you know, not to mention they're also taking uh, other resources, but they're working here illegally. Well, uh, the customs back in uh, back in, in, in last year, uh, ICE raided a Mississippi uh, poultry factory uh, that had employed hundreds of illegal aliens and uh, they were using false uh, employment documents. Uh, most of them, uh, you know, uh, were uh, folks who had um, who had falsified social security numbers, et cetera, et cetera. Well, in the it was the the largest action of that type of uh, prosecution against a, 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 um, uh, a an employer in the history of uh, of immigration law. Uh, well, this past week, this past week, the U.S. attorneys. Uh, in the Southern District of Mississippi announced that the managers, supervisors, and human resources of that factory uh, had been inv- indicted for immigration crimes and, uh, and other federal crimes. Not only just immigration crimes, but other federal crimes, apparently. There, uh, uh, get this, there have been over 126 indictments that have come out of this, this situation. 126 indictments. My friends, until we stop until we stop providing a magnet, providing a reason for illegal immigrants to come, illegal aliens to come into the United States, we will continue to have these problems, my friends, until we stop that. Unfortunately, we have big lobbyists that, uh, that in Washington, D.C., who provide big money to uh, elected officials for their campaigns, but we have big lobbyists who oppose uh, our our, our uh, efforts to enforce the law. My friends, we're getting close to the end here, so let me let me run through a couple of announcements. Um, uh, next week, uh, Congressman Chip Roy uh, will be my guest, and I hope that you uh, tune in to listen to that. Also, there's a couple of events that uh, I will be participating in, and that I'd, uh, I hope that you will um, uh, come out and, and support. Uh, one is in Spring Branch, Texas, at the River Crossing Club. Uh, I will be uh, there to uh, provide, a, a, be an MC for an event uh, with the uh, Comel uh, Conservative Club. And uh, also, uh, now that's happening on Friday the 14th at 5 o'clock at the River Crossing Club in Spring Branch, uh, Texas. The other one is uh, the following week on Wednesday, August 19th at six o'clock at the Blanco Barbecue Cafe um, here in uh, here in San Antonio on Blanco Road. The Camino Real Republican Women uh, will also I will be there to uh, provide some information, some uh, comments. So uh, if you can make it out, uh, we invite you uh, until next time, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, thank you for being with us. I hope that you will join us. I hope that you'll support us. Until next time, take care.